Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. It is now the day after Christmas, Wes, and we are one day closer to Packers-Lions Ford Field Sunday Noon Central Time start. I don't want to talk about that yet. I want to know the best present that Mike Spofford got for Christmas. The best That's what present, I want to know. The best present I got for Christmas, I got a brand spanking new Milwaukee Brewers baseball cap with the new logo oh, and everything. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I was very excited. So uh, what is the color blue on that then? Is it like the darker blue? Yeah, is it's, it? like, okay. it's like that it's the navy, sort of that navy now, blue color. Do you put together a wish list to that or is that just the kids and the wife knowing exactly what to get you? Um, it was actually on a list, Okay, but, but they wouldn't have had to think too hard, even if I hadn't written it down. So you know what my best present was? Yeah. In addition what? to being able to spend time with my wife and child and everything. Right. Um, you know I'm a big Game of Thrones guy, or at least I used to be. The relationship kind of got complicated. Yeah. And I also became a very big tie clip guy in these last few seasons. So I've noticed that. Caitlin got me a sword tie clip for Christmas that I'll be wearing at the Detroit Lions and Green Bay oh, Packers game on Sunday. All right. There's your transition back to football. There we go. We And we will be at Ford Field on Sunday with a lot at stake for the Green Bay Packers. A win gets a first-round bye and would keep the Packers in the hunt for the number one overall seed. The Detroit Lions, their season has gone a completely different direction from where they were when we first discussed this team back in week six when the Lions were coming in to play the Packers on Monday Night Football at Lambeau Field, Detroit now 3-11-1. They have lost eight straight and 11 of their last 12. Yeah. They were actually undefeated after three games this year at 2-0-1. And, and with Matthew Stafford looking like, quite frankly, they were going to contend for a playoff spot in the NFC but once Stafford uh, started having injury issues, uh, their season went the wrong direction. Well, and Stafford's injury issues were a microcosm of the entire team. Now, certainly he is their superstar, but yeah. you could build an eight-man football team off of their injured reserve list yeah. right now uh, with everything they went through, losing Marvin Jones. There was a lot of excitement about Mike Daniels. He was really never able to get going this year. TJ Hawkinson, their rookie first-round pick. Big expectations for him. He battled injuries throughout the year before going on injury reserve. Even Jeff Driscoll, their backup quarterback, ends up being placed on season-ending IR. So you go into this game at Ford Field where you're going to have David Blau at quarterback. You're going to have Kyle Sloter as the backup. Uh, it's just a very different situation than I think the, the Lions felt they were in when they played the Packers earlier this season in October in that really tightly contested game at Lambeau Field. Yeah, it seemed that... It seemed that Blau gave them a lift initially when he came in. He took the Chicago Bears to the wire on Thanksgiving Day at Ford Field. It was his first start, undrafted rookie quarterback out of Purdue. Looked like he was showing some promise, but then you know the 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 shine wore seemed to wear off quickly. Um, things have fizzled, and and quite frankly, he's looked pretty much like an undrafted rookie quarterback you'd expect with all those other injuries. Um, you know he. he He's not exactly playing with a full deck in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the complimentary pieces. Yeah, and the personnel that's around him, no yeah. doubt. I mean, Kenny Galladay has been exceptional this year. He's a superstar in this league. He's one of the top young receivers that the NFL has to offer right now, and he seems like a real gem for them and a piece to build upon going forward here. But the problem is, especially for an undrafted rookie like Blau, and I think to some extent you even look to what happened with Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville, 
it's really easy to catch teams by surprise, but once the film starts to get out there a little bit, and yeah. you got the brightest football minds in the country, pro, you know, the world really, uh, really dissecting you and trying to figure out where they can exploit particular weaknesses or, or those type of things. That's when the challenges really present themselves, and I think we've kind of seen that with Blau. Kudos to him, though. You tip your cap to him, and, and you know, there's a couple instances throughout the league this year where undrafted rookies have had to start games, uh, and meaningful games in some cases, for these teams, and, and it's not an easy situation for any first-year player to be thrown into, yeah. but especially when you've kind of taken that back channel into the league. Yeah, and Blau had to do it on a short week there on uh, Thanksgiving and, and put up a heck of a fight against the Bears. In fact, you know the Lions were awfully, awfully close to winning that game and held held the lead late and even had an opportunity after they gave up the lead yeah. to win that. But I also it also felt like when the Lions didn't win that game that you know, some of the some of the spirit of the team yeah. was was sapped a little bit because then it, then it was like, well, they weren't able to beat the Bears on Thanksgiving. I mean, any chance of really staying in this thing or making any kind of a late season run seemed to seemed to go away when they couldn't pull that one out uh, in front of the national audience. It is a tragedy for Detroit and its fan base because I mean, Matthew Stafford was having arguably his best season of his NFL oh, career, yeah. a legitimate MVP candidate at the time that this back injury, whatever you know, whatever have you uh, kind of flared up for him because he'd been making the appropriate reads it seemed like he'd really been able to find his momentum he's established weapons now in that offense and realistically I mean Matthew Stafford's a top 10 quarterback in this league and when you give him a foundation to work with history has shown he's going to be able to produce for you the Lions just haven't been able to cross that threshold winning a playoff game winning a division title and this year it looked like early on especially again going back to that October game it looked like they may have a, an offense that could do it and unfortunately for them a couple balls balls did not bounce their way and then these injury bugs crept up on them and then you look at their backfield right now I mean they've gone through four or five different running backs yeah. Trey Carson who was on the Packers roster for a time this season he went there played immediately got injured he goes on IR uh, they do get carry on Johnson back you know Bo Scarborough has been a real big plus for them him coming over a nice little find uh, you know, being able to get him off of Jacksonville's practice squad, I believe. But just the consistency of it, and other than Galladay, your week-to-week weapons, it just hasn't been there. Yeah, and I think the other thing, really, uh, injuries aside, that hasn't come together for Matt Patricia in his two years as head coach there with the Lions is the defense. Yeah, they have right. they have Darius Slay. He's one of the best cornerbacks. Any team would love to have that guy out on the boundary defending wide receivers. He's one of the best out there. But collectively, it hasn't come together for them as a group defensively. Obviously, I thought with Stafford, he was going to give them a chance to stay in a lot of games this year. That didn't happen when Stafford went out. And uh, this defense, frankly, Wes, has, has really struggled this well, year. Well, so this is the thing that's tough for, for Detroit. And there's a lot of guys in that Packers locker room, especially after the game against Minnesota, that were very complimentary of the defense that Detroit still has. Though statistically, they would rank in the bottom third of the league right now in most categories. But the problem, I think, when you go back is they were so good there for a short time. You think around 2014, you know, when and Sue was kind of in his prime and, yeah. and the weapons they had built around him and then they just had this attrition with the roster whether it be age or whether it be injury in some cases where that depth that strength sort of wore away they thought like they maybe had it with Ziggy Ansah 
he, he ends up having his own share of injuries that he had to deal with. So then they go and get Trey Flowers. I mean, they made him the, the one of the top pass rushers taken off this market. And while he does have seven sacks on the year, I don't think has been the dominating force that everybody thought he was going to be uh, after you know the, the career that he put together in New England. So, right. And there's been injuries. There's been issues in that case. I know I think it was Ashawn Robinson uh, is actually wasn't practicing or was estimated as not practicing on Christmas. So... Uh, a lot of things have contributed to it, but as you originally said, I mean, the overall production has not been there, and unfortunately for them, without Stafford, they don't have the firepower offensively. They haven't had it to be able to win some of those, you know, bigger, high-scoring games. Yeah. Well, I want to take care of a little bit of sponsor business here and then ask you a question, Wes. Select Cousin Subs locations are now offering delivery. Whether you're ordering, catering, or your favorite sub, they're delivering right to you when you order online at CousinSubs.com. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. All right, so... The Lions are downtrodden team, eight consecutive losses, playing out the string, obviously. The Packers have so much to play for. What do the Packers have to do to, and I hate using cliches, but to avoid that proverbial letdown because of not only the opponent you're playing, but the victory the Packers are coming off of. You are on a short week. The holidays gotten mixed in here. So it's a lot of different circumstances here leading up to a Week 17 game. How do the Packers keep the focus where it needs to be? With the caveat, as you already said, of you cannot look past any opponent. There is no bye weeks, and Matt LaFleur has been very consistent in his messaging to his football team this year that every single week it's the same focus, it's the same objective, and the same goal. All that being said, the Green Bay Packers, pound for pound, are a significantly more talented team at this point of the season than the Lions are. Offensively, I think there's always going to be a certain amount of randomness to it because it can be, you know, Trey Flowers stepping up with a big game or Darius Slay. Those type of playmakers could potentially, you know, weave the game in and out and, and make it closer than it probably should be in terms of the the odds going into this. Where I think the Packers really have the the strong left-handed punch on this is that with Blau as the rookie quarterback, with the the failure to this point to establish a consistent running game. To me, on paper, this screams Smith's day. It screams Kenny Clark. It screams being able to pressure the quarterback, get some mistakes, get some takeaways, and, and don't make this a real con, you know, contested fight. Yeah. Last week went, for, for the better part of 60 minutes, went about as picture-perfect as you could hope for for the defense. It's not easy to just consistently dominate at this level, but I think the Packers need to pull, with specifically on the defensive side, need to step up, press that gas pedal again, and finish this thing strong. Because as the T-shirt said, North is not enough. Yeah, They know what's on the line here. And you put away a Lions team that has three wins at this point, you have a first-round bye. And depending on what else happens with some of these scenarios, could be as high as the number one seed. To me, it's the defense that has to set the tone. Yeah, I would agree with you. The Packers, as I had mentioned, I think, on our last show on Christmas Eve, the Packers controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball against the Minnesota Vikings, the two best position groups on the field on Monday Night Football were the Packers' defensive line and the Packers' offensive line. And I think if the pa- the Packers should be able to continue that, in my opinion, against Detroit on Sunday, and if they do, they should be in great shape as yeah. long as as long as you're not turning the ball over. I mean, you don't want to go into Ford Field and turn it over three times in the first half again because then you just never know, right. of course. But that being said, the Packers looking to take care of business here, 
you hop on the flight back home after the early game, and then you settle in and watch the Seattle-San Francisco battle on Sunday night football for the NFC West championship, where if, if the Packers do get their victory, then if Seattle beats San Francisco, the Packers are elevated all the way to the number one seed in the NFC, and uh, that's certainly a position they would like to be in. A lot of interesting... A lot of interesting scenarios here because the uh, because the New Orleans Saints still right. in the running for a first round by the Seattle San Francisco game as well as the Packers game will impact where the Saints end up in the seeding and as we know with with regard to that NFC West the loser of that is dropping all the way to the five seed whereas the winner could be well if the, the 49ers win it they are the one so yeah. for them it's the difference between the one and the five for the Seahawks. They'll know obviously exactly what the stakes are by the time it kicks off in the evening, but the Seahawks could end up with the Seahawks could end up with the two or the three or the five if they were to lose. So uh, there's still a lot to be sorted out here in the NFC with exactly where everyone's going to be. And the slotted. stakes are incredibly high for that San Francisco Seattle game because much like the Packers' experience going back to 2012. Whoever loses that, there's a chance that they could be playing on Saturday night uh, with with the quick turnaround that is asked of of teams with this league. So that's something else you have to keep an eye on. I would I would think this is just this is just me, but I would think knowing that the loser of Seattle San Francisco is going to be the five seed, and that that team will be playing at the winner of the NFC East, which would be either Dallas or Philly. If Philly wins its game, the Eagles are the NFC East champs. That the Philly or Dallas home game in the playoffs would be the last one on Sunday afternoon because yeah. the loser of Seattle San Francisco is going to be is going there if the league makes that losing team play on Saturday on the road on wildcard weekend i think that would i, I just think that would be patently unfair yeah to that's them, true frankly. the one thing about that packer game is they were able to host on that saturday but that was still right. a tight turnaround yeah it was it was but, it the, up, but the packers were at home they were at home and yeah. also it ended up being a big thing for christian ponder because then he wasn't able to play in that game and yeah. joe webb had to make the start yeah you're right all those scenarios though are things the packers don't have to worry about right now what the packers have to worry about is what's in front of them with the lions and the other thing i want to point out too i mean i've been seeing all these these articles so far and you only need to look at certain, you know, ticket broker websites to see this. I mean, there's not a high demand for these tickets right now, with the with the Lions kind of being in the predicament that they're in. Yeah. Whatever gas is left in the tank with that fan base, I mean, if you go and you can take them out of that in the first quarter, because we've seen week 17 games in Detroit, it can be as loud as any you know stadium in the league when they're energized and there's a reason to to really you know back their team. But at three eleven and one. If you go out there with a big defensive stand or a successful first drive offensively, that could be all you need to make it a Lambeau Field East kind of matchup. How many how many Packer fans do you think uh, will show up? I mean, it, you, as you said, the, the ticket the ticket prices the ticket prices are not expensive. It's a it's a Midwestern city. I'm sure there are a lot of Packer fans within driving distance of Detroit who could get there. I'm I'm curious yep. to see how much green and gold will be in the stands on Sunday with so much at stake for Green well, Bay. Well, and you did the insider inbox uh, on Christmas for the for today. I mean, there's already a lot of people saying, you know, we're we're planning to go yeah. out there. I've I've seen I've seen well, a lot of I've people asking if we're going to be doing coming. pep rallies and right. things like that. <laughs> yeah. And the, We'll be doing it in the concourse over at the airport. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I mean, like, th there is a big opportunity there. To, I mean, dude, Mike, you even look at that game 
in Minnesota, I, I was really surprised by the amount of Packer fans that packed in there. And then in the second half, when things weren't really going so well for the Skull Crew, I mean, it was there was a lot of fervor, a lot of go pack go chance. Yeah, there was, the, and a lot of excitement. Yeah, there was a lot, and and uh, it actually was an attendance record for U.S. Bank yeah. Stadium, which I think is saying something when the Vikings have hosted a playoff game there, which they did against New Orleans, and that stadium has hosted a Super Bowl, and yet the largest attendance in that stadium to date was the Monday night game Were you surprised at all it was only 67,000? Like if you would have, if you I just walk into the stadium, I would think that was at least north of 70,000 seats in there. Oh, I guess I just remember from the first time we were there in 2016, I knew I didn't know the exact number, but I knew that the capacity was somewhere in the high Yeah, 60s, I'm not saying it's yeah. like Dallas with the 100,000 you can yeah, fit in no. there, but I mean it is pretty like it it the 67,000, it feels a lot more than that. Maybe that's just a credit to their fans. But in terms of Green Bay with this game, I, I look at it and look at this matchup, and it's also an opportunity to kind of exercise some demons. The last two years against Detroit have not ended so hot. <laughs> yeah, those, two, yeah, these these last couple of week 17s against the Lions, it's been an ugly finish for Green Bay. 2017, they had to take it on the chin. Last year it was obviously the shutout at Lambeau Field, and that was sort of the beginning of this whole renovation, you could say, over the last 11, 10, you know, 12 months i i just i think there's so many things for green bay to really propel itself now into the postseason with a strong performance against a lions team that by most people's estimations they should beat yeah well as we go through the tail end of the week here we will be keeping an eye on the packers injury report um the latest update now the packers did not practice on christmas day so the injury report has estimations as to who would have practiced or not. There are a few guys on there who would have been given the veteran rest. Uh, that's sort of been a uh, an ongoing pattern yeah. with some of the uh, the veteran players like Jimmy Graham and Tremont Williams and, and some of those guys. But the injury report did estimate that Jamal Williams with his shoulder injury would not have practiced. We will see with regards to Thursday and Friday as as the week goes along. I think that's maybe the most important injury. Brian Balaga's on the injury report, too, though. He had a he? groin injury, uh, was estimated as a DNP. Now, yeah. if a guy's dealing with something, you have to say it. It could very well have been a veteran rest day, too. It's only spe- speculation at this point. ESPN's Rob Domofsky did talk to Jamal Williams in the locker room uh, on Christmas Eve, though Jamal seemed to express that you know he feels confident he'll play in this game. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. The Packers also have to weigh out too that if you know there's a, a you know potential that they want to keep him healthy or let him you know have that extra rest, you can go that direction as well. Things we'll all have to figure out as the Packers go back and uh, what I would imagine would be pads on Thursday, right? I'm trying to think of how they would this this week. Yeah. No, I I'm guessing I'm pads? guessing that coming off of the Monday yeah. night with oh, the short week. Oh, are they out week, of them already? They might be out of them. Yeah, already. I I don't think the uh, yeah. yeah the Packers will have be able to have. One padded practice per week in the postseason, but I don't think they're putting on the pads. This Next week. year, this is what we're going to do. I'm actually going to have a little checklist at my desk to keep track. You're going to do the, the tally, tally marks, yeah. Yeah, because I, I the, always the lose CBA track once rules. December yeah. comes in, but. All these things being said, we'll learn a lot more uh, with their walkthroughs and their practices here these next couple days. The Packers, you know, no matter what the scenarios look like, no matter what you know how healthy they've been, you can still not discount the overall benefits of having that first round by I was talking oh, yeah. with Lexi Kinnard, uh, one of our uh, digital assistants today. And I was, you know, mentioning it kind of hit me at that point that it's been five years since the Packers have had a buy. 
you know, in that first round going back to the 2014 Yeah, season. Packers have not played the divisional round playoff game at Lambeau Field since the, the Cowboys-Des Bryant game five years ago. Yeah, so, so I mean, you have the, you know, the run the tables and all those tremendous uh, dramatic uh, runs the Packers had got it on before this little bit of a playoff lull. It's still, there's nothing better, though, than being able to sit back, watch how all the chips fall, and then, you know, do your best in the divisional round to to press on yeah, on your you, own turf. Basically, the Packers can win their first playoff game by winning on Sunday because you don't have to play it. Um, yeah. That's another way to look at it. Absolutely. So with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. You can subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services, and be sure to check out the Packers YouTube channel. All sorts of great video content out there. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.